Welcome to Jack Mac Chats Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Mac. Today I've got a very special guest, one of my closest friends. It is Josh Garwood. How you doing, man? Hey, man. Very, uh, very well. Pleasure going, to be here. We're going right into it. Uh, yes, we your, are. Loving your Christmas tree in the background. Oh, thank you. I positioned myself here specifically for that reason. Seasons nice. greetings. Yeah, absolutely. Like what? You should see my window. I've got a window. You can't really see it because it's too bright, but there's a few bars in the window. <laughs> so my landlord like, doesn't want me jumping out. Okay. <laughs> Christmas yeah. from prison on, on <laughs> your end. <laughs> well, at the moment, I've got COVID, so it's very, you know, symbol. Actually, yeah, we do. We do need you to be locked up for the sake of yeah. humanity right now. Yeah, but yeah it's cool. Put- this is a, the second year I've ever had a Christmas tree. As in That's- one that I've purchased myself i feel very, very grown up adult of you it is isn't it i decorated yeah. it so the girlfriend took the the main you know artistic uh, choices as always yeah there was a there was a lot of um don't put it there put it no that's too close to the other one and I was like, oh, yeah okay. do you find having a girlfriend now you know when you were younger your mother would you know pick out what you wear and tell you if she didn't like it and now you've got a girlfriend <laughs> who's just the exact same thing Oh, yeah, just an absolute transition to the (laughs) same thing. Except I feel like there's a little bit more shaming involved now. Yeah. There's a... I I feel like with my my mum, it was a little bit more like, are you you sure you don't want to wear something nice? Whereas now it's like, oh, you're not wearing that again, are you? (laughs) (laughs) But I found my my mother used to shame my clothes so much. She'd be like, look at those tight jeans. You look like a gay. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, you can't say that. The big guns. <laughs> yeah, the uh, big uh, prejudice guns. While at least my girlfriend's like, oh, you dress very nice. You know, oh, I love the way you dress. So they've got two different tastes and styles. I've gone with a woman who has a good set t- taste. Yeah, I would while, say as a rule, you, you want to be pleasing um, the one that will allow you to have sex with them. Absolutely. <laughs> Society will allow you. I'm not saying anyone should try and like seduce their mother through their clothing. <laughs> I just mean the girlfriend's I, probably the best bet to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's more traditional. Is it? <laughs> it is more <laughs> traditional, yes, yes. Um, so we better um, kind of tell the viewers and the listeners who you are. So uh, Josh Garward, yeah. you are, you studied acting. You're, that's right i did um you dabble in comedy that's right yeah that yeah dabble uh, yeah dabble's probably i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not exactly a professional um in my in my ambitions for comedy but um yeah last year uh 2019 probably at the start of the summer i did my first ever open mic uh comedy night thing did like a little five minutes of material that I'd prepared. Um, it, it went down. Re- yeah, it went, it went down really well. I think I still have it on my YouTube. Maybe, maybe it's private. Um, but uh, so that was, that was the first attempt at it. But stand-up comedy has always been like my favorite art form pretty much. Like I remember even, even when I was like 12, uh, I would be asking for various comedians DVDs at Christmas um, and then obviously, because we became friends, I don't know, five or six years ago. So I've known uh, you for a while. Five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. And you've 
pretty much always been on your stand-up comedy um, trajectory. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of found myself watching you and watching the other stand-ups and, and sort of having like a pretty good idea of like what tweaks you could make to kind of make it, you know, like improve it, if you know what I mean. Like I, yeah. I, I, sort, of, I sort of found myself being like, oh, yeah, that's good, but I would have done it this way. And then I was like, you know what, I, I actually just have to give this, give this a go. Absolutely. Um, I was saying, like, like wh- why haven't you done stand-up sooner? I know, I know. It's one of those things that, like, I spent so long just thinking that it wasn't, I don't know, thinking that it wasn't me or just that I didn't, I would never be able to know how to do it. Um, but it's one of those things I wish I'd done earlier. Actually, do you know, do you know why I didn't do stand-up comedy earlier? It's because I was, um, I, I, I never thought that I had the skills to actually write stand-up comedy as, you know, to actually write the script and yeah. write the jokes and stuff. Um, but then it was last year, I had this idea of, um, like most frustrated actors, I was like, you know what, if no one's going to put me in anything, I'm going to bloody well write something. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be in it. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, with Hamilton and in the Heights and, and um, yeah and exactly uh, yeah and so I, Simon Pegg he did stand up absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and well so so I started writing this um, this kind of idea for a series that I was um, wanted to uh, release some at some point and it was meant to be funny it was meant to be a comedy um, or at least have funny bits in it and then I, I sort of suddenly realized that I just I didn't have any of the theory. I just didn't know how you write comedy. And, uh, yeah, and then as soon as I started looking it up, there's, there's books, there's, there's books and, you know, practitioners who kind of explain how to write a joke and like the actual theory behind what makes people laugh. And just as soon as I saw that, I was like, right, I now have the, the keys. I now know what I can do. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna write some stand up and just give it a go and see what happens. But it was very good. So that, but I feel like you, you know, you were like, oh, okay, I need to find out how to write comedy. But you weren't doing stand-up. I was doing stand-up. But I, was, <laughs> I wasn't bombing, but I, I was doing okay. Yeah. And I was like, I thought I could write. And then I, re- I realized that I just had a very special connection with the audience. Hmm. But if You I had a very, very natural skill that you were leaning yeah. on. Yeah. But there was no jokes. And then I'd come into rooms where the audience were so cold, it was so hard to make a connection. So I was like, right, I need to like, I need my jokes to be so good that even if you don't want to laugh, you're laughing. That's what I'm looking yeah. at in the moment. Yeah. 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 And you're there now. Even when, when you, you tell me jokes and I'm like, I'm not going to laugh at him. I'm not going to give him this. I'm, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ice him out. And uh, yeah, you make yeah. me laugh every time. Make uh, you're going. You say like I'm going to get my money's worth. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make him work for this. Okay. Yeah. You want to be. You want to be a professional. Oh, I'll make you a professional. Um, but, um, no, man. You're, you, you're good. But you're sorry. What were you gonna say? I was about to blow some smoke up your ass if you. Oh, uh, that's, that's fine. Say um, something nice. I'm like Ellen. I, I just talk over everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's no. I, no. You. You're. You're funny. Um, so you've taken a bit of a. A uh, backseat in comedy, the moments, and you're writing a series. That's right, yeah, an audio series. It's a uh, steampunk 
uh, steampunk fantasy um, set in a kind of Tolkien-esque world at the, the time of the Industrial Revolution, their version of it. Um, that's kind of the background. And um, yeah, the series is it's kind of like a dark comedy, uh, very sort of dramatic and dangerous, but then the, there's a lot of humor in the characters. And uh, the main character is your kind of classic anti-hero who you kind of root for, but um, he's just <laughs> on several levels. He's a, he's a fairly awful person, but he kind of treads that line with the audience between you kind of like rooting for him, finding him funny and amusing and kind of like freeing. And then also just being like, no, this, this guy is, this guy is not a, a very good hero <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, what inspired what inspired the series and what inspired uh, writing such an anti-hero? I don't, I don't know really. I've, um, I've always, I've always kind of loved anti-heroes in uh, narrative. I think they're just like, they're so much more interesting. They're so much more kind of real. They sort of say what people are thinking. They, and they kind of, they express the darker side of humanity because all of us have light and dark in us. We all have good and bad um, things that we're maybe uh, not supposed to be thinking or uh, doing, but those impulses are there. And so when we see them demonstrated in a narrative, when we see a character kind of living out these, uh, these more kind of anti-hero tropes of selfishness or, um, you know, kind of being devious, being cunning. Uh, Richard III is a really good example. He's a terrible character. But throughout the whole thing, we're just amazed by how skillful he is and how deceiving he is. We're sort of rooting for him. There's definitely something deep in the human psyche that that really does like to see these characters. It's like we love bad boys. Yeah, exactly. But bad girls. they They can be funny as well. They can be really funny because... You know, like one of one of the key tenets of comedy is kind of like breaking breaking social norms, breaking to taboos almost. Um, you, you know, putting forward an idea that we know is wrong or, or doesn't fit with society. And so these these characters can just be funny in the way that they deal with situations. Um, <laughs> in, yeah, in in sort of morally reprehensible ways. And so, yeah, so that was, that was kind of um, one of the reasons why I went for this character. And there's, there's, a few, there's a few kind of similar characters you, you'd say that I drew it from. You've, you've said that he's quite similar to Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, so I think to summarise, basically, anti-heroes, they touch on a kind of darker side w- within us that, that uh, often we repress because of society, because of like, we have these ideas of you have to live a certain type of way. You have to sort of be kind to people and be selfless and, or, you know, be brave. And there are all these um, qualities that we promote in society, but the other end of the stick of them is kind of so fascinating for us to see represented by a character. Um, And, you know, whether that character wins or loses, it's just, it's, enjoyable for us to kind of see the journey and it can also be funny as well because you know breaking taboos is always funny yeah uh who's some of your favorite anti-heroes 
Um, so Captain Jack Sparrow is um, absolutely obviously classic anti-hero, classic. Um, and I think everyone watched that that first film uh, and was just like, "Whoa!" Like I've never actually yeah. seen. It's I've never really seen a character like so that. He's so funny. selfish. Yeah, so funny, so selfish. Yeah. But he's also he's like he's very free. He's he's not bound by any kind of um, moral diktats um, no. or any kind of code that um, that like that we all have. And so we just love seeing characters that are that free. There's um there's another character as well from a um, a series of books called the Flashman Papers or the Flashman Chronicles, um, which is uh, a really a really interesting set of books. Um, basically written about a character from a Victorian novel, an actual real Victorian novel. And this person has taken that character and kind of imagined what his whole life would be like. And um, he's, uh, the idea is that he's writing it when he's like very, very old. And he's kind of like weaseled his way to success um, through right. kind of lots of dodgy dealings and, um, you know, cowardly acts. And he always sort of ends up getting, sort of coming out better off for it. Um, and he, he's, he's just a, an incredibly interesting character. So that's the Flashman papers. And then um, the, uh, the other one, my mind has gone blank at the moment. I, they definitely... I, I've always loved Deadpool. Oh yeah. Deadpool is so Absolutely. Funny. And I think it's because he, it's not even that he's an anti-hero because like, he doesn't really do bad stuff. Like he does good stuff. He is a bit selfish, but he's just making, he's just saying the worst stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a spectrum of, of anti-heroes. So you could have, for example, like Deadpool, he, he's kind of got a heart of gold. Um, he's yeah. a bit, inappro- bit inappropriate. Um, and he's, he's very sort of blasé with how he kills people. But yeah. He he's pretty much you know he's got he's he's on kind of like the good side. Then on the very, on the other side, you've got someone like Richard the Third, who is just despicable. Yeah. Um, you know, like ki- killing killing his brother, um, marrying the wife, just all of these kind of or killing the two little children. Um, yeah, but you're that, with him until that is pretty bad. It is, isn't it? When you say it, you're like, yeah. oh, why, wait, why oh, wow. do we like that play? But um, it, you know. It's like, um, I feel like some art at the moment, like Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and, and even The Last of Us 2, instead of going like in the 80s and the 70s, it was good, bad. Now it's in the middle. And I feel like people, it's really playing on their, on their emotions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like, we've, we've just, we've had the good guy for so long. Um, he's so bland though yeah it depends on his role it's true yeah you can have you can have some uh, good heroes but I think as well in terms of like writing stories um, everyone's always talking about flaws you have to like you have to show the flaws you have to flaws are what make characters interesting and I think what we're seeing now is just people kind of pushing it and sort of seeing how far they they can go with it it's interesting I don't know if you know anything about The Last of Us 2, but they take the whole, like, killing, 
store right you know playstation games are always like you know killing people they take that yeah. and they put it on its head and like what if the people that you're killing who have no name what if their family come out to get you yeah or, you know that's someone's dad that you you killed in the first game that's such a that's such a uh, like mind fuck of an idea as well yeah. like how how many films have we watched where the henchmen just get like mown <laughs> down like Star Wars, for example, just so many oh, yeah. just faceless people. And then you're like, yeah, kill the baddies. Yeah. But then if um, one of your guys dies, you're like, no. No. Unless no. he's another, like, <laughs> unless he's another, like, henchman yeah. on your side. Then you're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We really care about the people. Yeah. But even, even like, with stand-up, trying to, you know, we're gr- grown up and taught, never show your vulnerabilities. Be strong all the time. And then in stand-up, you realize that's your superpower. So if you get up and talk about how you've anxiety, that's what people want to hear and laugh at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You nervous prick. It's a weird one, isn't it? Comedy is kind of like the opposite of just everything. Everything kind of yeah. gets flipped on its head. And you, get to, you, see, you see the kind of like arrogant people who are kind of just bragging a little bit. You and they don't, see they don't get any laughs. Bomb and people don't really like them as much. No. Like, Boo, you're beautiful. Boo. I want to yeah. see, <laughs> see someone struggling with their mentality on the verge of a breakdown. Yeah. I don't want to see someone that's what I, it together. That's what I pay my ticket for on a Saturday night. I want to see you fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about your small dick and how your wife has left you. Yeah. <laughs> and how your kids call you by your first name now yeah which i actually call my, my parents mother first names oh my um, mom would kill my mom hates that we we have a thing you know on the family whatsapp group um you can we don't, we don't have that <sighs> sorry it, I would, just it wouldn't work <laughs> we did not no i i, I just, we um i just get my mother i just get her i just like oh no we'd, we'd have it and then we'd set up a separate one just what to, to like oust, oust one of them so many side chats you know in whatsapp groups there's always another whatsapp group <laughs> all of the people you don't want in the whatsapp group yeah 100%. and if you don't know what you're talking about listeners you are the person they don't want in the whatsapp group i think that might be me actually we've only as far as i know we've only got one family whatsapp group i've got too many whatsapp groups i've uh i've got ones for work oh man they're all on mute yeah i check them once a day i'm like nothing important nothing important nothing important and but it's it's too it's too kind of abrupt of a thing to like just leave do you know what i mean because they'll get that message that says jack mckenna left the group they're like it's just so yeah it's, it's it's just so kind of like stark I would have to be like, hey, guys, so I've been thinking long and hard about this decision and um, I really feel like I'm not really adding anything to the group and I, I, I think I should probably just... So I'm going I'm to exit now. Yeah. Goodbye. goodbye. Best wishes. And then it would be like, Josh, I would love Or to I'd be like, hey, guys, I'm sick of my phone blowing up like a mine or something because it's just like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. You know. that, that old mute function. Is uh, is a godsend. Well, they say like notifications are are actually this the type of addiction that we are addicted to that 
like sense of surprise and oh my god so how are they expecting us to work if they're like don't forget to check the whatsapp group it's really bad like one big lesson that i've learned this year is that things like instagram um youtube if you're just scrolling through stuff and watching random videos uh like whatsapp as well they they all sap your energy and i think it's i think it's because they release dopamine in a really quick and easy way and it makes your brain then see any other task that's actually useful to your life as being sort of um inefficient as a way of getting dopamine or harder oh definitely harder like so if i have the choice say if i've been scrolling on instagram all day and my brain's just like lots of cool pictures there's a puppy there's someone working out all of this stuff and i'm really you know hyped up on dopamine and then you say okay i actually have 10 pages of writing that i need to do now because then that will add to the series then that can be released then i will have the joy of like putting something creative out into the world and it's just too, it's too far of a logical, um, like, rationalization. And your brain just goes like, well, you mm. could do that. But it would feel way better to maybe watch YouTube for a bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this, this is a the huge lesson I've learned this year is that I, I have to start cutting down on that kind of stuff. Because it know, really does sap your motivation. The worst thing to watch on YouTube is lists. Here are the top 10 films that bombed in 2010. And you're like, really? Oh yeah. Number yeah. one. And there's, yeah. There's always like three adverts in between as well, where they're trying to sell you like shoes or a chessboard or. What, what was I watching them? yesterday? Oh, it was the Lion King death scene with Mufasa. <laughs> I don't know why. I, was just, I just felt like, oh, I haven't seen it in so long. And I was watching it. And as Scar is about to push Mufasa off the cliff, like, is just before he said, long live the... A fucking advert popped up. Uh, and it wasn't even a good advert. It was like some shitty app that I'd be afraid to download because I'd be afraid they'd just, it'd be just full of viruses. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Spammy I like, one. I was like, ah, yeah, these ads. It's, I, think, I think they're getting worse. I think they they're starting worse. to... They're trying to like, get us to pay for YouTube and I, I will not do it. <laughs> No, do no it. way. Not until, not until there's more advert than video. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gary V says it's going to be the death of YouTube. Too many ads. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that many people are going to start paying paying for it. I think people will just move somewhere else. People are cheap. People are cheap. I'm yeah. cheap. Like I'm cheap. I I just don't I don't want to pay for. No, I don't pay for, for Spotify. Do you not? Wait, oh, you have like the... Okay, so you have... No, I don't, I don't really use Spotify. Uh, see, I'm currently... I have like a free year from... I think because I signed up to my network oh, nice. provider or something. But um, yeah, when that runs out, I'm not quite sure. No, I just use what YouTube. What I'm going to do. But YouTube has ads as well, mate. So you're going in a circle. We're going... <laughs> How... <laughs> How do we solve this without paying money? I don't know. I don't know. All right, come back just to me in a year. Yeah, just live with some musicians who owe you a favor and you can Absolutely. just ask them to. <laughs> or do you remember before smartphones, just record it on your recording part, you know, section. 
Remember we used to record songs on the radio? Um, did you do I that? I don't think I ever did that. Yeah. I, I think I think what I what I did was I on the bus to school I would like Bluetooth share stuff that someone else had illegally downloaded. Nice. That I'm was my version. But I'm talking even before Bluetooth. But I'm older than you. Ah, but you're from Ireland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're 20 years back in time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm also come from the country as well. Right. You know, where like, radio like, is, is the only like, entertainment. Oh my God. We had this uh, radio station called Midwest Radio. It was the worst. Oh, it was so bad. The songs that you would play would, would, yeah, would make your hairs curl. What was it like? Traditional stuff? So, or? no, so you, you like Irish music, like the Pogues, the Dubliners, right? That's yeah, the yeah. Good, good stuff. There's other stuff where Irish artists try to sound like their country Western singers, and there's a lot of accordion. Uh, there's a lot of accordion. Oh my god, yeah, it's it's it gets bad. That's so countryside ish, but then. But then I would feel weird if I was walking down an Irish country lane and I heard like Ariana Grande blaring out of a house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah maybe, maybe that would almost ruin the countryside. Not that I've got anything against Ari G. She's great, but like, yeah, it, it, it's just it's it would be it'd be wrong. <laughs> it'd be weird. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, like, um, Irish music now is all techno. You know, the youths don't want to be playing fucking fiddles and banjos. It's all techno now. It's no all one's... techno. And... <laughs> I don't know if you come here. Uh, Did you ever hear Irish? Of today. I know Irish rap. No. It's, yeah, it's, it's like these Northern Irish lads talking about doing cocaine, but in Irish. Like, it's Mark Lamschnat, August Escamas, a spare. Yeah, it's dreadful. <laughs> that sounds like they're in a K-hole. That sounds like nonsense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so anyway, we, we just went on a mad tangent. Let's get back to we did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've had the pleasure of helping you go through the, the first six episodes of your series. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you have been I'm, incredibly helpful. I'm going to give you my honest opinion right now. Live on this podcast. Oh, okay. Right? I'm a massive nerd. I love Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel, uh, you know. I love my science fiction. I was extremely surprised how well written your series was. Oh, thank you, man. It's, it's very layered. It's, and there's a lot going on. Thank you. That, yeah. that really means a lot. And, um, and uh, like a lot, a lot of work went into it. In sort of late last year, I, I decided I wanted to be, I wanted to seriously write this thing and, you know, make it, make it good, tell a good story. And um, I think I read like three different books, um, all just kind of big, huge textbook type, industry standard textbook sort of things um, of various people writing about what makes a story and um, yeah. the, you know, the various bones and like vessels that you have running throughout it, not just the kind of surface level dialogue, even not even the plot but kind of um, going deeper than that into themes and character webs and all of this stuff went down a big sort of rabbit hole with that. Um, the thing is, I, I've been so close to it that I haven't, 
haven't really been able to sort of see it as a whole, but going through it with you and just getting your reactions from, you know, like there'll be a bit where you, where um, something got mentioned at the start of an episode and then at the end you'll be like, or it, it will reveal that that piece of information is important. And then you'll be like, oh, what? Oh yeah, because of the thing. And that relates to the other thing. And then yeah. and that that honestly for me just um just it's like, really, it's really like reassures. Me. Goal. You're like, yes. Yeah, literally. I'm like, oh, that actually makes sense. Oh, and, and you're actually enjoying the story. This is this is brilliant. Because it's oh. just it's so, so far it's just been random things you know in my head that I'm like, mm, yeah, that'd be a good yeah, imagine if that happened and then but it, yeah. but with, with no sort of idea of how someone would react to it for the first time. Well, I think as well, because, um, you know, you studied acting, you know, all, all about the characters and the acting school, they talk about, you know, it's all about character, stay in character, build a character. You've got some really strong, layered characters. Yeah, um, I think, is... I think I, 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 I'm fortunate to come from the acting side of things because I also kind of know... W- which characters are fun to play or what makes a character fun to play and sort of fulfilling. And it is kind of them having their own arc throughout the episode or the series, you know, they change from one character to another, one kind of perspective and set of beliefs to another. And the fun is just in, in playing those changes. Um, Yeah. And also just having a very unique kind of voice unique from the other characters um that's what that's what I've always tried to do because I'm actually uh when I produce it in uh spring summer next year I'll be doing probably about 60 70 percent of the characters so I think I think you should should play the the main character yes yeah planning planning to play uh, him he's the one that needs I don't know. You have the vision. You know. You know what he's like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Can you give yeah, us a, a sample of how he sounds? Uh, yeah. Well, so he's um, he's kind of he's he's an impoverished noble who uh, was sort of raised in poverty, but by the um, the sort of governess of the family. So so he's uh, sort of. Um, got a very aristocratic way of speaking you know he's uh he's very very set in his ways and 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 almost very very sort of judgmental i can't oh, <laughs> no, really, no. Uh, really? Well, yes well that's well of course it's that way you silly peasant that kind of um <laughs> I love um, more what's his name again beak horatian old beak Oh, Horational. Oh, Horational. Yes. And it's, uh, there's two versions of him because the narrator is the old version of him um, telling the story from years and years down the line. And then you've got the, um, so he's a little bit more kind of, he's a little bit more wry as he sort of, you know, speaks into the microphone as he's reminiscing about this and that. And then uh, him in, in the moment, he's a little bit more caught up in the, but that's not fair. Oh, well, that's the disgusting. More, the more kind of naive, spoiled. Yeah, he's kind of, he's, he's a lot, policies. he's a lot kind of, yeah, he's a lot more wrapped up in everything, a lot, a lot 
less kind of distance from the problems and um, yes. yeah, spoil. <laughs> I don't think, he, yeah, maybe he doesn't think. I feel like when you get older, you think a little bit more. I think, yeah, with the, with the value of experience and um, several very, very close shaves that kind of happened throughout the, the series, um, he, yeah, definitely developed some humility. But um, so there's, there's, there's uh, that character, there's a kind of like Fagin-esque character um, who kind of like, like runs a little, um, little kind of criminal organization. Um, there's, all, there's numerous politicians and officials and sort of sniveling, snide little characters and um, like overbearing, judgy characters oh there's 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 a whole range there's there's a lot to kind of to play with um, part, part, part of me is annoyed that you're still writing it why can't you just have it ready i know why can't i why can't well i've been thinking about um whether i can uh because the, the plan at the moment is i'm going to have the script written by the end of february that'll be the first draft finished right um i'll have about a month in march to edit and sort of make sure that it's all ready to go to production and then April, May and half of June, I will be producing it, um, recording it, getting actors in recording parts and editing uh, to release at the end of June. But I, I am thinking about okay. some, preparing some promotional snippets. Um, yeah. To kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Be able to share that just um, in advance of it. So some, something will be coming. I think if you, if you can get an artist to sketch up the main character, give like like with J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter, the first book she had Harry outside the um, the train and platform lines recorders, and people were like, "Oh, that's what Harry looks like." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I think because um, the reason it's an audio series is just because it's the easiest thing to produce at the moment. Um, you know, you can you, you just need a microphone and an editing software and, you and can kind you know of make. What, do you know you could do as well? If you're playing the main character, you could do um, audio promotional clips of of um, Beak walking down the street, maybe listening to the podcast, saying like, <laughs> so, you know, if you've got time to kill on your commute, why don't you listen to Beak's Diaries? Yeah. I'm just thinking. Would he? Would he be? Would he be walking down? Would, would that be like no. an animation or like? Uh, I think even just a, a picture. Uh, not, and I, not just our streets. One of his streets, or even like down his road, in his world. Mm, that's a that's a very cool idea. I like be that because um, you'd need to kind of like advertise to people where they could listen to it. Like you could listen to it mm. in your home, and it could, you could be in a shed or a little shack he lives in, or your castle. If you're washing the dishes, which I never do, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I pay if, someone to do. If you're in your if you're in your automobile, he's on a horse, you know, someone else's horse probably. Yeah, I, horse, <laughs> someone chasing it, after him, and then it zooms. Yeah, it zooms out then. It is. <laughs> Give me yeah. my horse back. Give me you, you bastard. You bastard. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that's I, a great that, way to do it. I think I think that's I think definitely I'm um, I'm super excited to get 
it out there as an audio thing so that I can start collaborating with artists and um, um, and just seeing just seeing kind of what visual things come up for people when they listen to it and and how they see the characters, how they imagine them looking and moving and um, you know the, yeah. the, how the world looks and what they're wearing and stuff. Like, um, that Fagin character. I've got in my head, he is, for some reason, he's a bit small. Yeah, a little. Why. And he's a, he's a bit dirty and he's got fingerless gloves. But at the same time, he has a bit of a kind, kind of a haircut like mine. It, it's, it's short. So he's still a bit groomed. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's interesting, though. Does he have a beard in your, in your mind? Mm, no. Bit of stubble, no, but, no not, beard. Not a, but bit not a beard. Don't know why, that's just in my head. The dwarf, for some reason, I just presume is ginger. Of course, yeah, you, yeah, you'd have to be, wouldn't he? I think in my, in my head, he's maybe g- ginger or brown hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that's another thing to, to point out. Um, it is a kind of Tolkien-esque world, so there are other sort of humanoid races, but, you, you know, you do have one dwarf character and... There's um, the society's kind of set up around the idea of these elves uh, who kind of run everything. But the the main focus of the series for me is to really focus on humanity. And uh, it's, a, you know, I'm very interested in kind of pointing out stuff about humans and about how we are and how we react. And so it's less about, um, you know, it's in Tolkien's writings, for example, a lot of that focuses around the elves and the dwarves and the orcs and stuff having very like active roles for me they're, they're more of a environmental feature and it really is just kind of about the the human stories but um but yeah I'm, I'm super excited to see like yeah what how people kind of perceive it because obviously because it's an audio series it's very important to set up certain images and to put certain ideas in people's heads as they're listening so that they can really experience it but then I also don't want to go too far with that if you know what I mean I don't I don't exactly want to be the the costume designer and the um the set designer and kind of I don't I don't want to give people too much of a telling of of exactly what it is so there's, okay there's maybe build it up. yeah I'm just I'm just really excited to um get it out there first of all but then also see how people sort of see it. Because it's like Harry Potter. Did you ever read the books before the films? I actually didn't get on the Harry Potter bandwagon as a kid. Oh, I, I see how my, it is. My dad read half of the fourth book to me and we just well, stopped I, reading. Oh, right. <laughs> You're like, this is bloody shit. <laughs> no, I actually, <laughs> I, I, just, I think it's because my brother and sister were really into it. And I was into Lord of the Rings. Yeah, okay, fair. It, it felt like their thing, but looking back on it, it's it's a great it's a great well, series. I I was more into Harry Potter, right? Okay, fair, yeah. And I remember like you know the first film was so good, so I started reading the books, and I was so dyslexic, so it took me so long to read these books. But I remember like the fourth book. Do you remember Brendan Gleeson played Mad Eye Moody? Yes, yes. Yeah. And he was big and stocky, and he had this eye. I just imagine Mad Eye Moody as this really thin tall 
Like he had his hair gelled back and he had this twirly mustache for some reason. And he had a glass eye. He didn't have a strap. You know, these yeah. old, yeah. Like, maybe that's why people love books as well so much. Cause it like, it ex- expands your imagination while television does a lot of vending all of the thinking for you. Yeah, I think so. I think when, when you've, when you've taken the stimulus of a book and you have then projected your own idea of that world, you know, outside of your head, there's almost a sense of ownership over it that I think people just don't feel with films and, you know, animation and all of that, the visual um, mediums. And yeah, there's, there's definitely something very powerful in that sense of ownership. Um, that being said, the um, the big goal for me is to get Beak's Diaries turned into an animation series at some point. So, um, so what you're saying is you're a hypocrite. Okay, that I am a hypocrite, and also <laughs> catch it early when you can still do most of the work. No, I'm only <laughs> catch it early um, when you can still imagine it. Absolutely. Well, even like Scott Pilgrim started out as a as a comic, and then it became a film. Yeah, I think, I think in this day and age as well, it's really difficult as an actor because you're right at the bottom of the, the, the kind of multi-stranded hierarchy of the industry. You, like you are the, the craftsman who gets hired to be on a project and there's no control there. You can't really control, no. unless you're famous, uh, well-known and you can leverage other credits that you have. You're pretty much at the mercy of the, the market, the industry. Yeah. You just have to just have to wait until someone puts you in something and then you don't even know that it will be something fulfilling to you. And I, I spent years kind of racking my head around this and just despairing at um, uh, this thing that I really, really wanted to do. I went to drama school, I trained, I wanted to spend my life telling stories and you know doing characters and stuff like that. And it just wasn't happening. Um, and so to be able to create something um, and then put myself in it. It's it's really got me very very pumped up, and I've I've just been super sort of passionate about this ever since I had the idea last year. Um, because yeah, I mean, because I, I get to be the director and the writer and the like the one in control. Some of the actors, yeah, I'm excited to have other people um, be in the thing as well. I'm definitely going to get you reading a couple of characters. Haven't quite figured I, out which ones yet. Probably the lead, mate. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> With that attitude, yes. No, um, you're fired. You're... <laughs> <laughs> no. Beak's attitude is only for me. Um, yeah, get me to play, I don't know, an Irish farmer or something. Well, you'll are- you'll have to you'll have to send me a voice reel of, of what you can do, and I'll we'll I, you know, I'll figure something out. We'll, we'll let, let me the do point no, of let me do an audition now. Okay, okay. So, um, all right. So, what did you say first? Do you want to give Irish, me? I said an Irish farmer. Irish farmer. Okay, Jack. Uh, thank you for coming in. Um, we no we'd love to see your Irish farmer to start with. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem. Now, do you need a, a scene? Um, do you need a, a situation or are you good to just riff? Just, uh, I was just thinking maybe I could be an Irish farmer on my farm with my farm animals. Okay. okay. Right. All right. 
That's it now for today. Let's see. <laughs> I was, so that was at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, can we uh, just see him at, at, the start, at the start of the day? Just before he right. has to do all his work. Okay. okay. Cheers, there's a lot of work to be done with Sherlock. That's the life of a farmer. Am I right? Let's see. There we go. <laughs> Farmers don't do a lot of talking. No, 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 that's not really what they're known for, is it? <laughs> you got the job, kids. That's yeah, that's perfect. I'll definitely the thing is though, you're great at voices. You I like I've no doubt that I could you know, just get, get like several several. Let's just fit me, you in everywhere. Just give me give me characters and we can play around. It's even like uh, uh, speak, speaking of series, I'm working on my own series of sketches. So I'm, you know, I've been throwing ideas at you. Sometimes I yeah, just, yeah. I just, I'll just send Josh a voice memo. Like, what do you think of this character? He's German and he, he's a, a, a voice coach. And uh, I'm just trying to make them different, you know. Like, you know, oh, maybe if I, if I'm, he's German, but he's a little bit up here. Or will I bring him down to here? And he'll be, you know, bring them all over the place and, that's yeah, how... it's fun to play, Sorry, play around with stuff. I said it's, it's fun to play around with stuff like that, um, especially if you end up doing a scene with like two of the, if you're like playing two people in a scene, and then you're like, how should we make them different? Different, this? yeah. It's like, do you ever watch Animaniacs? No, I don't know what that it's is. Animaniacs. It's an old cartoon that actually came back uh literally like two months ago um but one of the characters okay. is an impression of ringo star but just really high so he went into the booth and it, they were like oh can you give us ringo he's still talking like this and then they and then they showed him a picture of this like little his name is wacko so he's this like little small little monkey character and he just brought okay. him up like yeah like hello <laughs> just, so the, the character's voice is just a higher ringo Hello, I'm Wacko Warner. Nice. There we go. Boom. That's paid his mortgage. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Send the kids to, to a good uni. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's paid, paid for his livelihood. Oh, I think I just um, had some internet issues then. We were experiencing some turbulence. Sorry about that, just... ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what uh, happened. I just said, I haven't yeah, been paying the just, bills. That just paid his bills, paid his kids to go to college. Yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is ridiculous, like, um, how fun voice acting can be and how, like, it is, you, you're literally just kind of messing around with different, with, like, funny voices. Yeah. Um, Who, who's your favorite voice actor? Uh, or someone who's done a great performance. My gosh, that's a it's a tricky one because you don't you don't tend to um, don't tend to really notice who the voice actors are if you know what I mean they're not they're not they're a little bit more in the shadows than um, than the old the old film stars I don't know you you tell me who your favorite one is and give me a chance no to I remember think. I was so my mate Tom who was on actually last episode told me about this when we were younger and I was like that's not true. Um, he said, you know, Mark Hamill, the guy who played Luke in Star Wars. And I was like, yeah. yeah. He, he does the voice of the Joker in the Batman series. And I was like, what? That sounds nothing like him. So here he is. And he's like, oh, bats. Without Batman, crime has no punchline. And he's, oh, he's just 
completely changes his voice. Yeah, I literally, um, I can't, I can't think of any um, specific voice actors who, um, like the names of them. I know like characters. Um, yeah, any characters that you were like, wow, that's pretty cool. Just everyone in The Witcher. <laughs> um, oh, in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played everyone in The Witcher. Um, I also, I also love there's there's a group of voice actors who I, I don't I don't know what their names are, but they they literally have been in Simpsons, Futurama, um, Disenchanted. They they've been in like so many different things, and you just keep seeing um, they they just keep popping up in everything, and you can they've got such a wealth of different characters isn't isn't there um, one, one guy plays a character <laughs> i know i know the group you're talking about and he he kind of talks like this well he yeah. does he does the voice of brain and pinky the brain right why did he know. also the one that does does homer simpson no that's someone else okay. i i i did love he's... listening to i love watching voice actors in interviews, and then they just do the voice. Yeah, and, like, and everyone's like, oh my god. Yeah, like one of my favorite YouTube videos to watch is the Spongebob episode where the actors read out the script. Right. It's just yeah. so great to see them, see the actors yeah, bringing it to life. I'm ready! Spongebob, <laughs> me boy. Yeah, it, it, it is great. And it's, it's almost like a credit to them that we I can't remember anyone's name because no. they literally play like a hundred different people and and just like, oh, that guy. And like the, the kind of, um, it's the fact that you're surprised when you find out that they've played like this person as well. And you're like, how? What? How has their voice done that? That's insane. It must be a um, lot of voice act- acting techniques. I think so. Just having like a really good, um, understanding of your instrument and all the various different like noises and sounds you can you can make with it the different settings and then obviously like being able being good at accents being able to change your sort of tone and intonation and speech patterns and well when we were in drama school we did a bit of voice acting slash voice training and they'd get us all to record ourselves in their booth and then we all had to lie on the ground and close our eyes and we'd listen to everybody and then we'd say what we thought that character was, separated to the person that we that they we knew they were. So like there was a girl in my class and she was what, like 21? But when she spoke, she sounded like she was like this really seductive 32-year-old. Like we were thinking like MS ads. Yeah. 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 I I I think it's quite hard to tell what your own voice sounds like. I imagine mine just sounds like really um twangy and annoying <laughs> that's yeah, how I, I hear my own voice i don't know how i sound i don't know i don't know anymore um no you sound good man you sound you don't sound like you're from yorkshire though yeah that's that's the thing um i i have a fairly sort of like neutral accent i can turn the yorkshire on like when, whenever i go back up there like literally just one call with my mum and you're like, and, um, yeah, and she's like, I forgot the turkey. Oh, God. 
oh, we've got this person coming around as well. The builders haven't been here and I miss my Arga and the puppies. And do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. As soon as I speak to her, um, <clears throat> as soon as you get back up there, you're like, it all comes flooding back. I know. I, I spend a day in my own. I'm like, no. No. I've, I've started purposely going more mayo at my parents. Right. It, it's quite an aggressive accent sometimes. Like it can be very, I don't know, nosy and um, kind of emotionless when they're like, no, what are you doing? What's the crack like? What are you, what are you up to? That was more cork actually. So I've started to, yeah. <laughs> my mother would be like, no, but like, what are you on like? What are you on? What's going on like? To, to show them how just the accent can just be, yeah, just can just be fucked. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny how, um, like the diff- the different ways that we feel about different accents. Like the Yorkshire accent, supposedly um, very sort of reassuring, and you feel very sort of comfortable hearing it. There's some like softer Scottish accents that are very good in customer service as well, because people just Absolutely, love yeah. kind of really relaxed people. Um, and then other ones that just don't. Just sound really rude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That we will not name. Been, um, you can, uh, yeah, listeners at home, you can find that out you for can yourself. Decide for yourself. Whose accent do you hate, children? <laughs> Let's all point and laugh. <sighs> you start just start <laughs> screaming at the your phone now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, that's very exciting because the last time we had John, we kind of spoke about like stand up and acting, but now we're going different type of acting now we have a, a full-on project yeah that i'm that i'm leaning into which i'm very like, excited about very very exciting man it's gonna be great and also like just well done for instead of waiting by the phone like will it ring today <laughs> thank I you think, thank you like man. if it wasn't for actors who just took the initiative and started writing you wouldn't have ricky gervais you wouldn't have Stephen merchant as I said, um, Simon Pegg. 100%. And if I can even just be like a quarter as entertaining and funny as them, I will be satisfied. Yeah. Or, I'll be happy. Or one of the biggest new writers that, if anything has hit Hollywood, what's her name? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She, she wrote Fleabag. Oh, yeah. And it was originally a play. And then she took it and she... I think she brought us Edinburgh and then it did very well. And then Soho Theatre were like, we'd love to have that on. And then they put it on and it did so well. And then the BBC picked it up and then everybody watched it. And boom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just because she took the initiative and yeah. wrote some stuff down and yeah, played around with it. I think also as well, Hollywood are running out of ideas. They're scraping mm. the barrel. It's just reboots and sequels. That's true. It is true. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that because Hollywood originally films were cam, they'd just point the camera and they'd kind of record a play, but they've gone away from that so much that the story relies now on so much CGI and, you know. Yeah, it's become very gimmicky. And also, gimmicky. They, we, we're, we're just starting to lose the sense of like characters need to have flaws. Yeah, you know, I, in order to be, in order for us to care, like um, like the new Mulan. I haven't seen it, 
what I've heard is Mulan has these powers and she is just amazing. She's just the best. And she has no development. She's no struggle. Yeah. Just bad people. Yeah. Ugh, I've got to beat those baddies and that's it. Yeah, and and part of it is I I kind of I kind of get it. They want to they want to set her up as this sort of amazing uh role model, um this kind of amazing shining example of of what someone could be, but the fact is if you want to get that across in a narrative, you have to start them off with flaws and see them yeah. overcoming it. Like the um, original Mulan. She's bad. Yeah. She's not going to be a man. She's you know, yeah. she's training and she's falling and she can climb the big stick and everything. And then she does. And then that's such a triumph. You're like, yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what makes us root for things. Just for, um, just to qualify though, I haven't actually seen the new Mulan, so I'm not passing yeah. any judgment on it whatsoever. That's I'm what I'm speaking heard about anyway. in general terms of character flaws. Yeah. Yeah. So... But yeah, lots of character yeah. flaws in my one. <laughs> oh yes, oh yeah, yeah. But your your character is so arrogant, which he is, is yeah, you definitely a different flaw. Like usually they're just like me. Usually the character flaws are oh they maybe they were like a hustler or you know they grew up on the streets and now they're trying to be good or you know this guy is just... yeah. They arse. don't want to play by the don't want to play by the rules. Um, yeah, yeah. This guy, he's he's a lot more weaselly. Um, he will most certainly play by the rules if if it helps him get ahead. Um, but he will like, yeah, <laughs> he'll break from them as soon as it becomes sort of um, inconvenient. That is very different. Uh, it's like every single sports film. It's the same fucking film every time. It's team they're not great they get this new player then they come amazing he leaves they have the final they're losing at halftime he comes back he gets the girl bullies on the opposite team they score the final goal at the last second they win boom the most exactly cliche, cliche fucking plot yeah but you know we i we love it we yeah uh, we love we love it, but we're sort of. I, but I do think that that's what's quite comfortable. And like, like I said, when we first watched Captain Jack Sparrow, for example, you watch it and you have this real sense that it's like different and it's cool. It's it's cool. And, you know, so many people in the playgrounds after that film came out were just pretending to be Captain Jack yeah. or like being pirates and stuff like that. No one was really being Will Turner. No. No one was really like, I'm Will Turner. I'm a blacksmith. I'm, I come from humble beginnings, but I have a heart of gold. Yeah, and I'm, I'm honorable. No, I'm in love. Yeah, no one was like, no. you know, everyone wanted to be the bad guy. Who is, also, yeah. who is the good guy? You know, the good bad guy. The bad good yeah. guy. Yeah, everyone always wants to be Darth Vader. Well, interestingly, Darth Vader, I don't think... He's not an anti-hero. He's a villain. He's a villain. And the way... Yeah, the, yeah, the, way, you, the way you define it is that um, you start off with your hero and then you give them a villain whose, whose structural purpose is to get in the way of the hero's desires. So yeah. um, technically, Star Wars, you've already got a hero, uh, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And then, yeah, Darth Vader is the villain there. 
Um, not quite an anti-hero, but no, no, he, he's a, he is a villain. He's not in in uh, no way is he an anti-hero, unless you count the end how he like kills the emperor and no, well, that's he... more of like that's like a villain a villain having an epiphany at the end, which yeah. almost redeems them. Um, this is all this is all the stuff that I went into last year when I just like dove into uh, story writing theory. But the idea of an anti-hero is you have to make the villain or any <clears throat> anyone that we're supposed to not like just has to be even worse by comparison. Yeah. So you end up with a cast of just <laughs> awful people, but quite an interesting story. But it's like it's even like always sunny in Philadelphia. Like the characters in that are terrible people. Terrible yeah, morals. I don't know why we keep watching them, but but they're just hilarious. Like what? Well, but but the the good writing there is that everybody around them is good. They're bad. Yes, and they also never get what they want for very long. No, which is good because they don't want to reward these people for being so bad. Exactly. Yeah, you you yeah. always have to you you always have to <clears throat> keep them um, keep them from r- truly succeeding uh, unless they sort of learn the lesson that they're supposed to learn. Yeah, which they never, which they never learn. Not in that, yeah, I, not in I that think, series. I think in my stand-up, I'm going to try and make my character on stage even worse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you're such a nice guy. I know, I was thinking like, yeah, come on, really happy, but then come say with stuff that you're like, oh. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's actually not a good guy at all. He's he's a terrible human being. Oh, he's, that's awful. He's scum. <laughs> but I would definitely pay to see him again. Yeah. <laughs> Jack McKenna is absolute scum. Would definitely recommend. Like, there's a few comedians on the Irish scene that's, that just full-on shout at the audience, tell them to shut the fuck up. Right. Like, one guy you... was was about to leave, and the comedian just started going... Where the fuck are you going? Sit down. The show isn't over. And the guy just oh. Like, oh. <laughs> oh my god! But it was hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. It was a hostage situation, but it was funny. He was like, "I'm just. This show is free. I'm just about to get my bucket out. <laughs> You're not allowed to leave yet." But then you would you would be what you would you'd be have a very nice demeanor, but you would just say awful things. Well, not awful things. They'd obviously be constructed, but I'd just be more blunt. I think you know I'm not going to come out and be all racist, you know, because that is not clever. <laughs> That's hate not speech. Very, not funny. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Well, I, Josh, it's been great to have you. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We'll have you back. Yeah, and, fingers. Uh, uh, we'll we'll get you before you're just about to launch your series. Yeah, that would be slight because obviously it's still kind of um, taking shape right now, and uh, especially things like the characters and how they sound. It's still very murky. Haven't quite figured that out, but the structure is there. So yeah, like definitely when when I'm sort of about to launch it after it's been kind of actually recorded and stuff, that would be a great time to check back in and kind of um, yeah. do a bit of promotion, share a little Absolutely. bit of uh, what people can expect. Or even like, cause you're in the writer stage right now, wait till you 
go into production and you're recording and you're working with actors and we want to hear all the goss. All the juicy gossip. All the juicy from, gossip. From behind the scenes, just in my living room, <laughs> which is where it takes like, place. Josh, where tell us, what was Jack like to work with? He was so difficult. His Wi-Fi was terrible. Oh my God, yeah. I can't work with this kind of thing. You're there throwing lattes at the wall. Just pay your bloody Wi-Fi bill, Jack. <laughs> That's not how you fucking say that line. Say it again. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I love the idea that as soon as I get the slightest bit of power, I'm just going to turn into a fucking awful person. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. I will, I will hold on. To you me. will be a nice guy. All right, man. You'll be a nice guy. All right, man. Take we'll, care. We'll see you soon. Yes. See you later.